In order for you to decide on the appropriate social media platform, you have to know your ideal client. And I know a lot of us are, are like, well, but I love TikTok. Or maybe you like Threads. Threads is fairly new, but maybe that's your thing. Um, or if you're like me, maybe you love Instagram. Yes, great. Use it for your personal use then. But for your clients, this is not about you. This is about them. You're going to meet them where they're at. everyone. Welcome to Therapeutic Perspective. I'm Lisa Sauvignon, your host. This podcast is for mental health providers and grad students looking for real tools and techniques for clinical skill building and practice growth. We take an honest look at the methods and challenges of building a practice, developing clinical skills, side hustles, and second businesses, the fun side of being a therapist, and doing all of this while managing everything else that life has in store for us. So let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to Therapeutic Perspective. I'm Lisa Sauvignon, your host, and today I'm Lisa Sauvignon, your guest also. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm the owner of Therapeutic Perspective, and usually I am the host asking guests questions. But today it's all me, and I'm both excited and a little nervous to to do it all on my own. But I had set out to do a series, my system series. So I, I named it Sunday Systems for Private Practice. My goal is to release a new one every other week on Sundays. And these episodes are going to be 20-ish minutes. I want to put out bite-sized pieces of information that you can take and use in their entirety or pieces of in your own practice to help things run smoother, more efficient, and just make life easier for you. Because I know if your life is anything like mine, what we need is more time and less work. And so I set out to organize my practice and my life in a way that that allows me to do that, that allows me to have more time and focus less on some of these little things. And what's interesting is in preparation for this episode, originally the series was just going to be one podcast episode. And I started recording and about an hour and a half or so in, realized that that was way too long. If you're anything like me, you don't have an hour and a half to sit down and listen to a podcast. Even as the owner of a podcast, I have very limited time to sit down and listen to an hour or an hour and a half or even two hour long episodes. And so instead, what I decided is to think about if it were me, how would I like to take in this information? I need small bite-sized pieces that I can listen to on the way somewhere, in the car, and if you're like me, at the nail salon, that's typically where I take in most of my podcasts. And so I came up with the idea of 20-ish. I say ish because there is a chance we're going to go over here and there, especially when they put in all the little pieces that go at the beginning and the end of the episode. But again, my goal is to provide you systems, things that help run your business efficiently and smoothly in 20 minutes or less. So this time we're going to be started with my system for targeted marketing. When I say targeted, I'm referring not so much to just saying, okay, 
I'm going to go out and network with everybody or mail my cards to every doctor within a 15-mile radius or what have you. Instead, I'm talking about narrowing it down and identifying where you need to market and why you need to market there. And we're going to talk about two forms today, community and internet-based marketing, because I'm not a fan of putting all your eggs in one basket. I do love Insta marketing. There's no denying that. But even I don't only market through Instagram. So what we're going to do is select one community-based marketing strategy to target and one internet-based marketing strategy for you to use targeted marketing in. And I'm going to talk to you about what that means. But I'm going to ask you to stick with this for 90 days or longer, if at all possible, because the truth is, if you start this and you do it for a week or a month, you're really not going to yield any results. And I'm a huge fan of data. Being a doctoral student, I love my data. And so if you want good data, you're going to have to extend this beyond that one month or one week, maybe three months, even longer if possible, and collect data to see what's working for you and what isn't. So that in the future, instead of reinventing the wheel, doing everything all new, you can just make some targeted tweaks and then start your campaign again. I want you to take a moment to get some paper or if you're anything like me, um, go get one of those empty journals that's in your office because you're going to want to write some things down, not just in this episode, but in the research that you're going to be doing after this episode or in between this episode and the next one. So so now that you have it, I want to begin with some internet-based marketing that um, is social media. Now, if you're not a huge social media fan, keep in mind there are other forms of internet-based marketing. You can certainly virtually network. You can use Google ads. There are so many different ways to utilize the internet for marketing. But today, we're going to be focusing on social media. That does not mean you have to use social media for marketing. So keep that in mind. If it's going to make you miserable to do it, I would not recommend starting there. For those of you who want to proceed, we're going to talk a little bit about targeting first for social media, and then I'm going to follow that up by talking about targeted community marketing. For those of you who are wondering, because I am a big Instagram marketer, I have Facebook and I have Instagram. And you're thinking, okay, yeah, lots of lots of clinicians use Instagram, but do you get clients from that? For me, the answer is yes. So let's start with your client. I know that's interesting. I just went from social media to clients. But in order for you to decide on the appropriate social media platform, you have to know your ideal client. And I know a lot of us are, are like, well, but I love TikTok. Or maybe you like Threads. Threads is fairly new, but maybe that's your thing. Or if you're like me, maybe you love Instagram. Yes, great. Use it for your personal use then. But for your clients, this is not about you. This is about them. You're going to meet them where they're at. So the first thing you need to do is get to know your ideal client. I'm going to talk you through mine. I work with adult survivors of chronic childhood abuse. My clients are older than 30. My ideal clients typically fall within the age range of 40 and up. So knowing that about my clients, the first thing that I did was go search where to find my clients. I took the age ranges and the gender, but what you're going to find when you do your Google searches, there's a lot of data about where to find clients in social media based on age, but not as much based on gender and age. Now there is some, and you can do some reading because you're actually going to have to go in and read some of these. Some of them do have some smaller samples or a limited amount of information that includes gender as well. So you can do two searches. What I did was which social media platforms are females found ages 40 to 50 
or ages 40 to 55, and then 55 to 65, looking at those two searches, breaking up my age demographics and throwing in gender. Then doing the same thing without gender. And you're going to get a lot of results. You're going to need to read through those. And then from there, decide, okay, here are the places I'm most likely to find my ideal client. For me, the results were Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So first of all, that's several social media platforms. And you may want to start with one instead of two or three. I started with two because Facebook and Instagram feed to each other and one can post onto the other. So it it really saves time. I don't have much of a YouTube presence. And um, while my business does, my practice does not. And I don't utilize that. This time I don't intend to because I don't love YouTube. And that's okay. Part of what I'm doing, I want to make sure I'm enjoying it or I'm far less likely to go back to it and continue it if it's something that I dread. So you're going to go take your ideal client, knowing them, knowing their age, even their gender possibly, and you're going to start doing some searches to find out which social media platforms you can find your ideal client on. Now that you have it selected and you've created your account, we're going to do some more research because just knowing where they're at does not mean they're going to find you. It's still, you've got to do more targeting in order to attract your client, in order for them to find you. Marketing is all about that client who needs you finding you. Once I got my Instagram and Facebook accounts set up, I said, okay, now I know I have them. What do I do? Obviously, you post, right? But if you just post for the sake of posting and don't know when you're posting or how to post, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to meet your ideal client. The first thing I'm going to say is do some reading about the algorithms. At the time that I'm making this, of course, the algorithm currently favors faces, so videos and pictures of you. That does not mean that every post has to have you in it, but you want to keep that in mind. And whenever you're setting up your social media platform, you want to do a little reading about the algorithm to understand what it is you need to include in your posts. Every post does not need to have that, but some do. You're also going to do another Google search. You're going to take your platform. So since I'm a big Instagram fan, you're going to say best times to post on Instagram or best times to post on TikTok or best times to post on threads or wherever it is that you've decided to land. And you're going to learn the best times to post. And you're going to start there with your posting schedule. So if it says to post anywhere between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m., gives you a little space, a little leeway. Now, I'll tell you, for me, I start targeting in those zones around times where I know people are going to be using social media. For instance, lunch. Lots of people scroll during lunch. You can actually Google and there are charts that show you the best times to post. Once you do that, you're going to start posting at those times. Now, I'm going to add another piece into this. While you're posting at these times, I want you to pay attention to whether or not you're getting the amount of comments or likes or feedback that you're looking for. And if you get some, let's say the window says lunchtime. Okay, so let's say you find a window and it says 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Then you do some Googling and you learn that people like to scroll during their lunch. So you target lunchtime. If you're like me, I'm in the central time zone. So I'm going to say, okay, this is going to be something around 11 to 1. I shoot as close for noon as possible. I'm going to go with 11.45 a.m. because I recognize that it 
doesn't instantly pop up and they're not going to see it right that second. So I'm shooting for lunchtime. I pick 11.45 a.m., let's say, and I post. And I notice that post does really well consistently on Tuesday at 11.45 a.m. But my other posts at this exact same time on other days of the week, they're not doing so well. So some tweaking is needed. And with that, I start noticing trends that I see in similar posters. So I'm going to follow other social media accounts that are already doing what I want to do or have my same specialty. And I'm going to learn from them. I'm going to see what's happening. When are they posting? What kind of response are they getting? What are they doing? And I'm going to start tweaking my times. I'm also going to just start tweaking my times within that window that I've already learned about where the best times are to post from 10 a.m. to 1 or 10 a.m. to noon. Okay, 11.45 a.m. is not working for me. Maybe I need to go with 12.30 or maybe I need to go with 10.45. I'm also going to tweak my times within that window too and spend some time noticing, give time for data to accumulate so that I can notice, is this an effective time for me to post or not? While I'm still watching other people who have similar types of specialties or who are already achieving the things that I'm trying to get to and learn from their posting as well. Now, there's another piece in here, hashtags. They're important, especially if you're posting on Insta, but on other social media platforms as well. People follow hashtags. So the thing is, with hashtags comes spam. I want you to be aware of that. And there is an additional Google search involved in this. If you start noticing certain hashtags are getting spam, there are ways to prevent comments that have certain keywords. That's another Google search. Once you start going and noticing maybe you're getting some spam, okay, head back on over and do a Google search to learn how to block those comments. Meanwhile, what you need to be doing is identifying the hashtags that are best for your specialty, that are targeted to your ideal client. Remember, your ideal client's language is so important. This is about them. You're posting for them. So go ahead and do a Google search even to look at just, you know, mental health hashtags. Look at the hashtags that those people that you're following that are in your same specialty or the ones who have achieved what it is you're trying to achieve look at their hashtags. What are they using? Do some Google searches as well, because what you'll learn is which hashtags have the most followers or are the most popular. And you want to start making different combinations. Now, believe it or not, when I started this, I actually kept the hashtags on my phone in the notes app. And then I had four different combinations of hashtags. So I put them together in four different ways. Maybe for instance, if you're on Instagram, if I recall correctly, I think it's 30 hashtags that are allowed, 30-ish, let me use the ish again. So I made different combinations. And that way I was able, if I had 60 hashtags that I liked, I was able to incorporate all of them in different formats and then try those out to see which ones were getting the desired response, which ones got too much spam, which ones got you know notification, which one uh, attracted people outside of my followers. And all of this data is available to you in your social media platform. So I'm going to revert to Instagram since I do love Instagram. For me, I can go in and take a look at the insights for my post and learn how many people outside of my followers are are seeing this. I can see how many people looked at it in your stories. On the top of Instagram, if you click on your own story and lift up a little, it'll actually show you how many people looked at your story. The same thing on Facebook. 
Facebook. You go into Facebook, there's that see insights for your post. This is the information that you want to use to judge whether or not your hashtags are working, whether or not your posting times are effective. And then for those posts, of course, where you're looking for interaction, in that case, you want to make sure that you are looking at how many people are actually commenting or responding, liking, loving. They're engaging with your post and interacting in a way that you that you can see, not just going into the insights. So there is some extra work involved here, but it's part of one, doing some research, two, finding your clients where they are at, and then targeting the best times to post using the hashtags that work for your ideal client. And it takes a little bit of effort because you're trying out different hashtags, different posting times until you see what works for you. A little bit of caution, it will get stale. So I have times that worked really well last year, and I'm noticing some of them are not working as well since school has started this year. So I'm going to have to do some tweaking. I'm going to play around with it a little bit. But again, like a doctoral student, like any doctoral student, well, most, how's that? Okay, me, me. I enjoy data very much. So for me, the research portion of this, the trial and error, the seeing what's working and what's not, the tweaking, and then the making changes and seeing if that fixes the problem, I love that data. But you're going to have to be a researcher as well. And you're going to have to collect data and notice what is working and what isn't. And once you've got a rhythm going and it's going smoothly, be prepared to make changes because it won't work forever. Posting times, hashtags, those things change. You need to be prepared to change with it. Okay. So that's all that I have to share right now on my targeted social media, my targeted internet marketing system. Now I want to talk to you about my um, systems for targeted community marketing. And again, there are lots of ways to do this because we're going in 20 minutes or less. I'm covering just one of them here. And what I want to talk to you about is targeted marketing within your community in a slightly different way. I think all of us have tried or many of us have tried just mailing out, sending our business cards or even walking our business cards into local doctor's office or similar providers within a certain radius of our office or telehealth. We may have mailed those out or gone within 10 minutes of our home and what have you. I think we've all tried that. That is not targeted marketing. That's marketing and certainly it can be effective. I've gotten clients by doing that. So I'm not saying don't do that. What I'm saying is start with the targeted and then schedule some time every week to send out a few letters or cards to local providers as well. So you're still scheduling time for this less targeted, more blanketed marketing while getting your targeted marketing done. So how do I target community? How do I target marketing opportunities within the community? For me, I actually look again back at my ideal client. Certainly, there are plenty of ways to do this. You can network virtually with other clinicians or in person. You can always do the go have coffee. You can go drop cards by. I've even heard of people taking lunch or food baskets to providers' office. I have not done any of that. That is not something I'm going to recommend to you either. You can even create networking events, and that's another way to network within the community, but not necessarily targeted marketing. What I want you to look at is a quick, easy way to target. That's also very low investment. So not just a financial investment, but low time investment. 
For me, what I start by doing is, again, going back to my clients, that ideal client. And one of the things I like to do is look at how they describe their symptoms um, and their experience in their words. I think that's a critical piece. So we understand that when our clients go out into the world seeking treatment for these symptoms, they may not be asking for it in the way that we word it. They may not be saying, I need EMDR because I have complex PTSD or I need DBT or or any of anything, really, they are not going to describe it the way that we do. Instead, they're going to be looking for help, any help to take care of the symptoms that they're experiencing. The first thing that I did was create a one-page handout. In the one-page handout, I included my pertinent information. So contact information, you know, how to schedule with me, how to contact me. The fact that I'm telehealth, I think that's incredibly important. And then if you want to add other information that you feel is necessary, for instance, if you accept insurance, um, again, or if you offer telehealth, like I said, that is information that you can include on this one-page handout. That's a very small section of your one-pager. Again, this one-pager is about the client and not about you. What I recommend doing is actually putting the information in the client's own language. You're speaking to the symptoms that they describe experiencing. And this is what I typically provide. And I'm going to talk about how I target who I provide this to. But this is typically what I give out. Don't staple business cards to that. It's going to create a mess it'll get lost. If you want to include business cards too, go for it. But they're really not necessary. I would spend more time focusing on this one pager and making it beautiful, easy to use, and basically something that, let's say, if it's a medical provider, they could read it in less than a minute and be able to say, oh, yeah, last week, so-and-so came to me and said they were experiencing these symptoms. I can give them this. So you're putting together for the provider and the client, here's the symptoms they're describing experiencing instead of saying, I treat PTSD, I treat complex trauma, I, I work with dissociation. That's not going to help either of them find you. You want to make a connection for them so that they can refer this client to you. Use the client's own language, make it simple, easy to read, pretty to look at. Canva offers free memberships for this. You can go in and make it for free and then print that out. And, and you're more than welcome to take it in, mail it in. For you telehealth providers who are like, I can't walk into every office. Don't worry. I'm a telehealth provider too. I have never walked this into a single office. And yes, I got lots of clients from this. This was one that I would say yielded more clients than I expected. And, and what I would consider a good amount of clients, I got a lot of return for this very small investment. Now, let's talk about where you take this because again, yes, you can certainly go drop this off at general practitioner's offices that are within 10 miles of your office or your telehealth space. Um, that's okay too, but that's not targeted marketing. So you're going to put that aside for now. And instead, you're going to plan 15 minutes every week where you focus on packaging this up and mailing it out or more time if you choose to drive it over and take it to a few offices. That's in your marketing plan for later. Right now, you're targeting where your idea client's going to go. And I spent a lot of time thinking about this with my ideal client. My ideal client's going to go in for treatment for anxiety, depression. They may very well go to their general practitioner for this. They may seek out a psychiatrist or a mental health prescriber for panic. So there's another pretty low-hanging fruit type of way to find a referral and create a connection. But in addition to this, because oftentimes with clients, they may start out with seeing their general practitioner. They may even go to a mental health prescriber. 
but they still experience some of these other symptoms, issues with sleep and chronic pain. And they start looking at more non-traditional providers, not what we think of when we start thinking of creating a a referral source. So they're going to start going to pain specialists and functional medicine providers. They may even see a hormonal specialist. And because they have pain, they may very well go to an OBGYN because a lot of times what I'm seeing is they're describing pelvic pain, which then also leads to a pelvic floor specialist or physical therapist or chiropractors. I mean, there's there's a chance that they could be referred out for so many types of treatment just within this. And that provides me more opportunities for referrals. So beyond my general practitioner and my mental health prescriber, I'm now going to look at these other avenues, these less traditional and more targeted referral sources. And I'm going to send my one-pagers to pelvic floor specialists, physical therapists, okay? maybe some OBGYNs, functional medicine, chiropractors, chronic pain specialists. There are so many options within there that maybe in the past, I would not have considered sending it to them. It wouldn't even have occurred to me. And it creates a very non-traditional and unique referral source. That is very targeted marketing. What I want you to do when you're done with this is conduct research clearly. You're going to do some research. Go back and maybe take a look at the intake forms from your clients. How did they word their symptoms? What did they say they're experiencing? These are good keywords for you to keep in mind when you're looking for who are the other specialists who treat this, who work with my clients, and how can I target my marketing? So like I said in the beginning, my goal was, of course, to keep this to be about 20 minutes or so. I want to thank you so much for joining me on my first solo voyage. I was a little nervous about doing this all on my own, but it's been a lot of fun. And I really hope that my passion for this comes through. So I'd love to see you back here in about a week for my next episode with a guest. And two weeks, I'm going to have my next Sunday Systems for Private Practice solo, all me episode 20-ish minutes or less. I hope I'll see you back for both of those episodes. And meanwhile, if you want to see what we're up to at Therapeutic Perspective, because there is a lot of stuff coming, including my free winter workshop series that started out with a few therapists, but it's now 14 therapists, 14 workshops, all in one day, all live, virtual, and free on December 20th. So save the date. You can learn more about that in my Therapeutic Perspective Clinician community on Facebook. Everything that I'm about to give you is free. So just go ahead and head on over to Facebook. You can search Therapeutic Perspective Community. That's my clinician community. That's for licensed and pre-licensed mental health providers, mental health adjacent professionals, and grad students in a mental health program. I also have therapeutic perspective for educators, school counselors, school psychologists, teachers, BCBAs, those of you that are in the education profession that also have an interest in therapy and mental health, that is the group for you. If you're not looking for an interactive format, that's totally okay too. There is a therapeutic perspective page on Facebook, and I also have therapeutic perspective on Instagram, as you could imagine. Um, so that is therapeutic perspective underscore podcast. Again, therapeutic perspective underscore podcast. You can learn about all of the latest happenings in any one of those locations. I share clips from upcoming podcasts and information about all of our free events, whether it's upcoming workshops, book studies, social events, or networking. I hope to see you there. Thanks so much for being here with me today, and I'll see you again in a week. Well, 
everyone. That's it for today. We're glad you joined us. And if you like this episode, click subscribe and leave a review. Also, check out our free clinician community on Facebook. Just search for Therapeutic Perspective Community. I hope to see you there and back here again in a few weeks for our next episode. Thanks for listening and see you then.